You're listening to Idiot Cast, Season 8, Episode 17, Goodbye Stranger. Castiel tells Sam and Dean that Crowley has unleashed several demons into a small town to search for Lucifer's crypt, which holds a valuable asset. Welcome back to Idgicast. At the top, you heard one of our experts, Bianca. Hello. Over in that uh, New Yorkish area. In Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, by the beach. <laughs> Brooklyn proud, right? All right. And we also got our other expert, Annie. Hello. Hello. And uh, our newbie, Yvette. Hey, y'all. As well as myself and my lovely wife, Darcy, newbies as well. How are you, Paul? I'm a little on the warm side, but it's Duluth warm. I'm not complaining. I was freezing yesterday. Yeah. So. Duluth, Duluth was Duluth cold yesterday, and now yeah. it's Duluth warm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what a difference a day makes. Indeed. Um, and we're not going to talk politics tonight. No, we're going to talk not. supernatural tonight we're for gonna, the most part. We're going to keep it professional. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Oh, it's about to get really unprofessional. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, people. We, we've got this. There's play. I'm sure we can. Wake, I'm sure we can lower the brow really quickly here. Oh, I am. Well, I just had my mind blown. Something. Oh yeah. Well, do you want to share that on no, our off pod? No, I don't. I'm embarrassed. I couldn't say that if I had to. Well, on that note, back to pod. Yeah. Uh, is that going on pod or not? I don't know. I, like I said, I couldn't say it. It's pretty borderline. You couldn't say it. <clears throat> but it is an icebreaker before we get into it. Icebreaker. <laughs> so we've got a summary that uh, that has been... Uh, it's sort of a teamwork. It's 98% Yvette's uh, recall, recall of the episode with me putting in a few extra uh, grace notes here and there. But uh, for the most part... Yvette has created this summary for us. Thank you, Yvette. Teamwork. Thank you. Teamwork. Yes. You're welcome. I, you, you may notice the parts that I added or may not. I don't know. We'll see. So, the cold open. Dean is hunting in a warehouse somewhere, but he's hit by surprise and knocked down. His attacker turns out to be Castiel, who assaults him, breaking his arm and finally stabbing him to death while Dean begs him to stop. It's become- Clearly a fake out. I wasn't like... Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Castiel just killed Dean. Apparently. Oh, yeah, because you weren't on the Newventary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I left halfway through. <laughs> oh, no. For cat reasons. Oh, okay. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's giving you that nice surprise. Kitty surprise. <laughs> yeah, and it was even a different surprise than I had described, too. So. Oh, no. We don't have to get into that, but no. I did react to this part, or yes, you know, you were, you were, tried you were, you were to stay silent. I never know, you know, it's hard on Nubentaries when you've seen it a billion times, 
like yeah i should I was, just shut up and let you guys react i was <laughs> not i was expect i was expecting a you know a fade a fade to the title card and a and a and a two days earlier before that you know so that we yeah and then find yeah. out that it wasn't real or something later on but uh, instead it becomes instantly clear this is a simulation per naomi's orders it looks like Cass has been killing Fodines for a while because heaven is littered with them. But Naomi thinks this most recent practice session was a success. No hesitation. Quick and brutal. And that's the end of the cold open. Yeah. Yeah, that was... A- she's, she's getting more and more... Menacing. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word for it. I thought for sure in this episode we were going to find out that she really wasn't an angel. And I was like, yeah, this is so interesting. And then I don't think that's the case. Well, I think we, she is an angel. I mean, there's, there have been factions in heaven for a long time. We remember Uriel was uh, on the side of, hey, let's bring on this apocalypse. Urinal. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Old urinal. <laughs> See, so. I, told you, I told you we keep, we keep it professional. That's right. <laughs> More professional. More professional. We are all over this. We are all over this professional. <laughs> but back in real life, Dean and Sam are chilling in the bunker. Dean's looking at antiques, including the Spear of Destiny, which is allegedly used to pierce Christ's side. Ouch. And there's apparently, I think, three real-life relics that claim to be parts or the head of the Spear of Destiny. But apparently the real one is actually with the Men of Letters. Mm. Perhaps. And I don't know what the, uh, they look like a Fabergé egg or something like it, but I don't know what it was supposed to be. I, I don't know if that was supposed to be a reference to something else or not. Yeah, I definitely just read it as, like, fancy Fabergé egg and was like, oh, okay, well. Like, special historical treasures. Although the, uh, the episode of Endeavor had a special Fabergé egg at the beginning of it uh, on Sunday, so... But I don't think any of us watch Endeavor. I barely watched Endeavor, and I was there with the, while it was broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was watching. Quality control. Uh, and Sam's playing on the computer and coughing up blood. And I, 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 I put it aside that when, uh, when Dean finds, his, uh, finds the vintage Voluptuous Asian Lovelies magazine, uh, <laughs> it was funny that I noticed that the uh, DVD subtitles when we were doing the Nubentary said, Speaking Japanese, but Netflix actually says, Kirichiwa. <laughs> yeah, they they don't have a great track record when it comes to Asian anything and supernatural. <laughs> I mean, they, they try, but Dean says they always gotta go three steps back. <laughs> Dean, Dean may or may not know what that first edition would go for on eBay. It's unclear. He claims that he doesn't. Then he claims that he does. And then he claims that he doesn't. Sam finds some mysterious murders across the Midwest, most recently in Missouri. When Sam leaves a room, Dean finds Sam's bloody tissue, so he knows something is up. Why are you looking at me like that? You are in the room, and we are podcasting together as a team. Guys, he's looking at me. If I could be looking at Yvette or at Bianca, I would, or at at Annie, I would, but they're not in the room. You are. Okay. God, stop, stop being such a creep, Paul. Just let her sit there without staring her down. <laughs> yeah, when when this got all bloody, what did, you know, yeah, I mean, where I, do you think this is going? 
Well, I mean, it's it's getting it's getting clearer and clearer that something's going on with uh, with the trials, and I don't know if that means that you know Sam's going to turn into a, a super duper Sam at the end of the season with the third trial and like no. grow seventy feet tall and and sl- slam the gates of hell with his with his fingers. Demogorgon, just saying. Oh, that would be really cool, though. <laughs> that would be really cool. I don't think they're going there, but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Castiel later on says you're changed, you're 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 damaged in ways that I can't even repair. So Ooh, that's he gets, pretty messed up. He gets all Bill Nye on the thing, according to Dean. Yeah, science guy. Science guy. Ah, so the boys leave to go talk to a man who lives in a gorgeous house. It's true. It's lovely. <laughs> about his wife, who suddenly started acting like a weirdo, digging holes and putting, building cute scale models of the town. What was hanging above the scale model? That was dirt, dirt. from each of the holes. Yeah, okay, baggies of dirt. I couldn't, like, figure it out, and I thought it was, um, I don't know, I, for some, in my mind, it was, like, just Ziploc baggies full of, I figured it was dirt, but I was like, what? What's happening? Well, I didn't... And, and I don't know if like the, if it, if it's a if it's a demon long con or something because I don't understand. I mean, it's it's like they're setting it up like it's a, she turned crazy and she started hanging bags of dirt above this model of the town. Every hole that she dug, she hung the bag of dirt because I don't see what reason that would have otherwise. Yeah. I think it's just for like visual confirmation of like some, something's not right. Like. Yeah. Why would you hang baggies of dirt over a map? I mean, <laughs> I mean, for for the story of the show, I see we're talking like, oh, was she crazy? And then they don't yeah. leave that they don't leave that note for very long before saying that her eyes turned black. So therefore, what was the demon's goal for, by hanging those bags? Just to make her look. I guess. I guess if you if you build a model of the town in your basement and start hanging baggies of dirt from holes uh, above it, you can carry on longer because. You know, you're not just a demon taking over and digging one hole. You're digging lots of holes, but you look like a crazy, a crazy, uh, a crazy person. No, no offense to the, the uh, to the dirt collectors of the, the world. Dirt collectors of America, <laughs> yes. of which there are many. But uh, the scale model was like super cute, though. I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> I would have that. I mean, I was that's... getting, I was getting Beetlejuice vibes off of it. Yeah, it's cute. Did they, yeah, that that did not look like. I just turned crazy one day and built this model. I have a question. Do you guys maybe you are too young to remember, but there were uh, like books you could buy that had cardboard houses you could punch out. Kind of like paper dolls, but but yeah. houses. Did yeah. you did you ever have that? I never had it. I know they still sell them for like. For, like, adults that are, like, Frank Lloyd Wright houses and things like that, but... Yeah, no, I mean, this was, like, a whole little city, and yeah. so it, like, had the library and the grocery store... It was, it's ringing a bell. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, one, I used to have some... It was, like, it wasn't cardboard, really, but it was, like, a card stock, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it was, like, yeah, like, a Victorian town or something, and it would be, like, a little church, and, yeah, it's just... I just remember that from when I was a kid. We would get those. Yeah. I don't think I got those books. It was does not sound familiar, and I'm not that much younger than you guys. And I'll tell you what. I wish I just had a couple of years. 
I could totally do that. Well, like I like I said, I, like I said, I think they sell them now that have like they're like really detailed and they I have Frank Lloyd Wright houses. And stuff. I want one that has the grocery store, the grocery and the store. library, the <laughs> houses. Well, it'll have the library, but the library that was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. You'll you'll have like instead of instead of just the the, the local uh, meeting house, you'll have no, the Monona Terrace no, no, from no, Wisconsin. No. Now. They were never that <laughs> fancy. They were very boxy. So while I was uh, in Chicago, like a couple weeks ago, I went to the Roby house uh, and I got some, I bought a whole bunch of like, you know, cheesy, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright memorabilia. And I got like uh, some Christmas ornaments that are built out of like that, like heavy card stocky cardboard too, that you could set up if you wanted to. But yeah, they're like, um, you know, a bunch of his famous houses, but they're like little things i'll have to little send a model sure they're like little models but not i mean not like a real model because that'd be crazy but yeah it's like a little like little thing you could set up around or hang from a christmas tree or whatever they're very cute so if you okay. want falling water hanging from your christmas tree and i do i do, do when i was in when i was in grad school i applied to work at an internship at falling water and i was so excited it was going to be like a masonry internship i didn't get it but i can i can still dream in my head of like an alternate universe where i did work at falling water for a summer Hmm. that sounds like a romance novel title (laughs) it definitely does falling water for a summer Internship thing. <laughs> the summer of falling water. The summer of falling water. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much the masonry internship part. <laughs> no, but. And you've got a perfect YA novel name for it, too, Yvette. Thank you. Like, <laughs> like, you know, this summer, Yvette is determined to get her fitness store be an architect. Internship at Falling Water will be the perfect blah, blah, blah. For real. While she's there, she meets Cerulean, you know. <laughs> Ooh, that's that another cute no, intern. Too, right? What's that? You know, it's always like unconventional names. Oh, I so, love yeah. the name Cerulean. <laughs> right. Why didn't we name our kids that? We gave them a colorful middle name. That's right. <laughs> Fox and Iris are pretty colorful names. Those well, are really good. Yeah. Fox's middle name is more colorful than Fox. But Iris' is very colorful because she's the rainbow goddess. Yes, Iris is a rainbow goddess, and Fox's middle name is Cyan. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's a great So name. not that far, actually, from Cerulean. Not very far. That's right. <laughs> Even on the spectrum, they're nearby. Crazy kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, Yvette, I hope you've. I mean, I know that we're way past the episode that, that triggered it, but I hopefully you've had a chance to to get near reading uh, *Devil in the White City* too. I have it on my Kindle, but I've not read it yet. All right. It's really good. Plenty of architecture. It will happen, but plenty of architecture, plenty of uh, landscape architecture as well. And then ooh, the exciting guy too. And a creepy guy, and and uh, and a fair, and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's. it's I'll, 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 I'll stop now. <laughs> so she built scale models of the town. Yeah, yeah no, it's okay. So yeah, I'm very still, cute. I'm still not exactly clear on what demon behavior makes you go. I mean, because it seems like the demons are being sent okay, by Crowley. Okay, but wasn't it something about a hole and yeah. digging? And yeah, she in the was, right place. Was she trying to 
to was send them off track by digging holes. Or did they pick her because she was already building that ta- model of the town? Not the not the bags of dirt and all that, but maybe they picked her because she already was doing well, research. Well, she knew research, yeah. That maybe that research, maybe because I, I, I was assuming the research came after she was part, you know, after she was inhabited by the demon. But maybe they searched her out and inhabited her specifically because she was already. Doing the Working research. on stuff. Yeah, she already knew. That might make more sense. Ooh, I'm glad I don't know anything. I'm not going to get. <laughs> well, that was sort of my um, big question about the person that they go to after her, that lady that lady. was working on the map. Mm-hmm. Curler lady. Um, curler lady. Well, curler lady. Like, what? What was her deal? Why was she building? Did they say why she was drawing that map or? Uh, she, yes. it was like part of her PhD, PhD. program. Okay, it was like a that's very, what I missed tidy explanation as to why she'd have all this info. <laughs> it was pretty tidy. They did a good job. Okay, yeah. good. I was very was confused. Like, I was like... Since I've been studying the, the topographical history of the town, she came to visit me to find the location of this orchard. Yes. And we were like, oh, that's convenient. Uh, Something so, that order. Yeah, so I've got... It's clear the wife was actually taken over by a demon. Sam and Dean go to talk to a lady who has been working on a map of the town. She and the real estate wife were searching for an old orchard that existed before the whole town was destroyed in a flood. Yeah. Then some demons show up and attack, as they usually do on Supernatural. As they are wont to do. (laughs) But Cass also shows up and offs the demons, except for the one who flew into the map lady. The map lady. That's what I want. That map lady trapped under a devil's trap in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, Castiel works to get the boys' help, but only tells them lies and half-truths fed to him by Naomi. They interrogate map lady demon, and she says the demons have a hostage. Cass kills her as she's about to reveal what they seek, and then flits away. She was that close yeah. to saying they're looking. For, they're not looking for any kind of parchment. What are you talking about, crazy person? Crazy. They're looking for the ah. Joel tablet. Stab. Yeah. <laughs> so the boys rush to the hotel to find the hostage. After Cass plows through all the demons guarding her, it's Meg. Oh, Meg. Blonde Meg. (laughs) Yeah, in like her seventh iteration on the show. Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, she's still. It's only the the second cast member, though, right? I mean, she's. People like to change their look. She's changed her look several times, but it's really only. It was really only the first Meg and second Meg, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, I thought that Meg was like a, I don't know. I was like, maybe she had some acting lessons or something. Like she was way like more appealing to me this time around. I don't know why. Yeah. But like all of her scenes, I was like, yeah, I like you. She really was (laughs) pouring out the attitude this time compared to previous times. Yeah. Meg. Meg explains that the (laughs) demons are actually looking for, dun dun dun, the angel tablet. The angel tablet. The angel yeah. Which, of course, tablet. there's an angel tablet. If there's a demon tablet, why wouldn't there be? Come on. What, what's up? Yeah. What, what's on the human what, what episode did they talk about it previously? Because it was in the previously on, but I was like, what episode was that? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. I just remember, I think, Paul, it was you I know, who it, speculated about it. I speculated about it, and then I was looking at the previously on, and it was like, you know, Naomi talking to Cass saying... 
Crawley's close to finding the Angel Tablet. I was like, what episode was that in? (laughs) And I still don't know. I still don't know. Angel Tablet. Cass pretends he doesn't know what he's ta- what she's talking about. Angel Tablet? I don't know. Megan Cass flirt about pizza. And they all figure out where the Angel Tablet is hidden. Um, in a crypt. In a crypt. What, in one of what, what is a crypt? Like I mean I know a crypt is like a tomb, but these tombs are just like under the ground for like, some reason. And like all over the place. Like like Lucifer so- hid stuff everywhere. So, yeah, it's real when did this happen? Do like, we have any sort of timeline? I don't well, think so. Exactly. I mean, Meg said that when she was with Yellow Eyes, they went to a bunch of them back in the day. So it's so, got to be. Okay, well, when is back in the day? Are we talking like, you know, Jesus times or before that? Or have they been moved or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole timelines were kind of off for me. Like, because we know that Crowley is like Scottish or something, yeah, right? Like, that's right. yep. And then later on, him and Naomi apparently knew each other in Mesopotamia, well, which I thought was, like, ancient, ancient times. And uh, Supernatural <laughs> Wiki on this subject said that basically Mesopotamia was really called mostly Mesopotamia until about the 1920s. Oh, okay. Okay, so they could have been in Mesopotamia in, like, 1910. But it makes it sound yeah. like we're talking, like, biblical times, but Crowley is not that old. <laughs> right. So I, but I, the whole the crypts, they're just like everywhere. I'm just like, what is going on? Like the city can't just be built on top of like a bunch of crypts. Well, it's, no, it's <laughs> only one crypt in this city. It's, they're, they're across the Midwest. All the all the murders were happening all over the Midwest, so Michigan and other places. It's just this most recent one that was in this city. But how crazy, right? That there's just like an underground crypt underneath your building. I don't know, but it just was like real wild to me. Because then when you got inside the crypt, it looked like you're like some doing some Indiana Jones stuff under yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, they're just hiding. Something. And it didn't even look like it was underground. It looked like it was part of the building. <laughs> yeah, it did. Like, oh, it's really weird. Yeah. It's the woodshed. I, I think the writing on this episode was. I mean, while while it's central to the plot, I think the writing on this episode was a little uneven in terms of understanding what the canon is. Because, well, like, like the Mesopotamia thing, I think they were like, oh, yeah, it sounds really badass to say that Crowley and Naomi have been fighting each other since Mesopotamia. And then they had to kind of go back and go, well, you know, technically it was till the 19th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, they were just trying to set up a lot of stuff in a hurry in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, you know, in the name of finally moving along the season well, they yes. better hustle up. They don't season have a lot of this is seventeen out of twenty-three. There's yeah, not a lot less, not a lot of season left. But, wrap uh, it up, guys. In this episode, maybe we shouldn't have wasted episodes on a woman who was a dog and all sorts of other weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently we we didn't even cover during that episode, but apparently that episode created a, a giant deal of controversy among people that don't know what they're talking about for the most part which is where the controversy usually lies anyway yeah. but apparently I, I was reading online apparently there was a there was a trailer that dropped and they were like oh so you've got a sexy woman of color and a dog collar and this oh, episode boy. was about putting a sexy woman of color in a dog collar and they, they, oh. it really wasn't but uh, that's that's what the uh, that's I what the takeaway was for that people that e- yeah, they didn't see the whole yeah. episode. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they could have not cast her. You know. Well, I'm glad they cast her. Yeah, she I mean, was there's, good. There's, there's, you know. Yeah. Well, and a great, a great actress. But 
Interesting. But yeah, I suppose the message when you don't watch the whole episode is is a little murky. That could be. Yeah, kind of like how like oh Dean is suddenly by because he like had a moment with a guy in a restaurant who was fake. Yeah. Hitting on him like. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some questionable canon that comes out of some of these things if you don't pay too close attention to the rest of it. Yeah. Are we paying close attention? Oh, we're paying somewhat close attention. <laughs> By the way, uh, like when, when they when they all leave the motel or the hotel, yeah. then a demon comes in. Uh-huh. He was the demon who was last out there searching for the crypt while everyone was guarding Meg. So oh. he was lucky, sort of. He shows up and uh, calls back to Crowley on his cell phone. Crowley instantly shows up uh, because the demon is basically saying, uh, I didn't find the crypt, and by the way, everyone's dead and Meg is gone. So yep. Crowley decided yeah. to pop in at that and uh, killed right. the messenger. That's right. Supervisor and has to come in and deal he, yeah, with Yeah, the supervisor is coming in to work. clean up this mess. Yeah. I don't know if uh, stabbing someone in the chest with a, with a blade is a, considered I cleaning up a mess. I would never but, do uh, that, no. Tying up loose ends, perhaps. They go to the warehouse that apparently was built on top of the crypt hiding the angel tablet. How lucky is it that it wasn't like a busy shopping mall or something on top yeah. of that crypt? Yeah, it wasn't a bank vault or a, or a, you know, anything. Sewage plant. Largely, largely public or largely guarded or anything like that. Just a private residence. <laughs> and. Frank- Frank Lloyd Wright Library. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing if they had to go into the Frank Lloyd Wright Library and get. <laughs> this could go somewhere. Yeah, well, no, they they just no, uh, abandoned warehouse is always easier for them to shoot at, and therefore it's They're in an abandoned easy to warehouse. Find. They're easy to find. There are a ton of abandoned warehouses in America. Abandoned warehouses in America? Are you kidding me? Yeah, a few. What What did you used to do when you were a teenager? I, when I was a teenager, not so much, but I did go to that, that spice factory when I was in my early 20s. Yeah? Yeah. Was it fun? It was... Spicy. It was, it, it definitely smelled like garlic in the stairway. Did it? Yeah. Still, interesting. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, it was, otherwise it was kind of hot and cold, depending on, you know, what substances yeah. you ingested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't shroom when it's ice cold in the building. No, do not. No, no, it's senses, bad. It's senses bad. are... are Mm. The one place I went, I'm not sure if... I probably could have gotten heavy metal poisoning or something. Oh, yeah. So well, this was this was a, this was they they lived in there. I think oh. they were they were semi squatting. They were paying somebody to be to be there, but I don't think it was yeah. a residence. I don't think you could live, legally live in it. Oh, okay. But they paid somebody, so nobody was living. This was a it was a rave, and it was really dirty and gross. Yeah, no, this was a party at most place. I think that I blew my nose like afterwards for a week and like black crap. It was disgusting. Lovely abandoned warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Fox, don't go into any abandoned warehouses. Okay. Okay, thanks. Smart kid. <laughs> no matter how enticing they look. I'll stay out of the missile, si- missile silos as well. Oh, there's none of those anywhere near here. Are you sure? Well, I mean, there's that there, there's that place that's up north of town that used to have the nuclear-tipped uh, anti-aircraft missile array, but that's been closed for a long time. Well, I know, but the, the silo and the... Well, no, they're launch buildings. Well, they're just buildings. They're buildings, and they're used for storing some other stuff now. Okay. They didn't. They didn't repurpose the ones in Colorado. No, those are just. They did eventually fill them full of cement, though. 
Yeah. All right, then. Wait, why would you fill a building full of cement? No, missile silo missile full silos. of cement. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? A deep, a deep okay. hole in the ground. Because kids will go out yeah, okay. there and be rotten. And, and they're usually half full of water, too. I mean, the, the, they were. I've seen videos of people that have like old Titan, Titan missile silos on their land. And died and, yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. When you have, when you have a when you have a hole in the ground that's uh, that's like six stories deep, yeah. and it's just a yeah. Hole. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. No, it's all right. I'm anti. <laughs> <laughs> it was good times. Good times in the military's abandoned shit. Yeah. I'll have to bleep that. Yeah. Or maybe fun. we won't even talk about you uh, creeping well, into military I'm sites. In trouble. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I trespassed on some government property, guys. It wasn't government property anymore. No, it was abandoned, it was abandoned. abandoned. They'd offloaded him. Yeah. They had. Nobody was watching that crap. Nope. I mean, we weren't, like, sneaking. Are we back into the episode? Okay, sorry. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. They're in this abandoned warehouse. Abandoned places. Dean reveals to Sam that he knows about the coughing up blood, and Castiel says Sam is damaged in ways that even he couldn't heal. I was glad for this. I'm glad that it wasn't like drawing it out. The Dean doesn't know. Yeah, they drew, you know? they drew it out far enough, but you know, it was nice that Dean Dean A discovered it, and then B brought it up in the same episode he discovered it. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. So when, I'm gonna air that what stuff out. Put it Does in the open. Does anybody have any uh, explanation to the coughing st- up of the? I still want to see the the ultimate transformation of Sam into a giant uh, uh, Hellgate closing, you know, mm-hmm. giant really? Leviathan. Yeah. yeah. Well, not the Leviathan from the TV show, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I think that it's just like some noxious uh, tuberculosis type thing. Oh, he's just gonna die. I, I think his power to close the Hellgates call is it hinged on him dying. Trialculosis. <laughs> <laughs> trial kilosis. <laughs> He's got um, post-trial stress disease and they don't, trial they don't killer have, Yeah, they don't have a lot of time left to have him undergo a second trial and then get worse, but I assume that he will undergo a second trial and worsen because of it. <laughs> so they split up. Cass and Dean go to find the tablet while Meg and Sam hang out and spray paint sigils on the walls. That don't seem to do a whole lot of good, so I'm not sure why they bothered. But uh. yeah, totally useless sigils, I suppose. <laughs> it was all about the conversation they had. Oh, I understand that. Love that conversation. I guess they had to have business while having the conversation. <laughs> Sam and Meg girl talk about the unicorn that Sam was dating. So okay, Meg asks like why he stopped for the dog and do you okay so yeah of course i think if any of us hit a dog we're gonna stop but do you think there's more to it than that i don't know i felt like Like more to what she's asking yeah like i think there a reason like he was the the dog genuinely confused her like i think that you know uh from a character standpoint she'd come to the point where she could comprehend love for a person but not a dog <laughs> I think oh. that was the one part that just genuinely she didn't get Okay. she was clearly listening to the rest so it was just the dog part that was like um I don't get it like I understand the rest of your story but I don't understand the uh, the uh, inciting event yeah 
All right, damn. I was hoping that it was like leading to a whole thing where we find out that whatever that woman's name was that Sam was with, I can't even remember anymore, um, was like actually like Amber, affiliated with the demons or like something. Like a plant of Ooh, some kind. What's her name? Yeah. Amelia, and that would have been oh, Amelia. 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 The, a, the A okay. part of the dictionary there, you're correct. Yeah, I was definitely going for more of a like she was a plant. There was a but. destiny that was involved that was more than just. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, I mean, I was was gung-ho for a long time for it to be like, oh, it turns out that her husband was actually, you know, demon of this kind or that kind, or, you know, he came back, but he turned out to be a demon. I was waiting for it to involve the storyline. Well, that could still happen. It could. They could come back. We still got a couple episodes left. Please, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't need that. We're good. All right. Dean and Cass find the tablet relatively easily. Hey, do you feel some wind through this wall? I think there's a door here. It's not even under the building. It's just there, in the hallway. As far as I could tell. Yeah, it seems like anybody could have stumbled across this thing at any point through the years. Yeah, it looks like a different show, though. Didn't your dad's house have, like, a weird room that was... was, I mean, it was, like, under the stoop, yeah, basically. It It was a... Walled up room. I, but it was it was like the seventies paneling in the basement that was just paneled over that particular part of the wall because it really wasn't a room that was useful for anything and it had a dirt floor. So after we found it, we put the paneling back and left it there. Hmm. But yeah, there was there was a. I totally would have put crap in there. Put you would have taken the crap in there or no, would have put, put crap, put in, crap there? in there? Yeah, I suppose we could have. At least put something in there for someone to find a long time from then know, and go, like a wow, it's doll mystery. Or yeah, something. like a map. And, yeah. yeah. Don't eat the soup. Don't eat the soup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you, Paul, okay. It's a reference to a book that probably nobody that listens to this podcast would ever have read. What book? It's, it's in a, it's a, there's a columnist. Um, there was a newspaper columnist back in the 80s named Louis Grizzard who was mostly Southern, mostly Southern newspapers, but he also had Montana newspapers and things like that. And uh, he had a series of books that he put out, and one of the books was a, was, was like a advice column. You, like, the, the particular newspaper column was a mock advice column, and someone wrote in saying, I went into this cabin, and it was abandoned, and in the middle of the night, I sat up because I heard someone whispering, don't eat the soup. Don't eat the soup. <laughs> and basically, they were like, well, you know, what, what, what should I do? And the answer from the mock advice columnist was, well, number one, don't eat the soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, it's my it's my go to <laughs> my go to reference for spooky nonsense. <laughs> Interesting. Paul. Long. Long tangent, but at least I remember the name of the author. Did the cops come? There's a big no, shootout. No, didn't have to be. Died. Didn't have to no. be. Okay. I think he's dead now. Hmm. I think he was. I think he did a guest guest shot on. Um, it was either Designing Women or uh, like Murphy Brown or something like that. It's probably Designing Women, considering he's a Southern guy. But perhaps. Anywho. All this time that Cass is also mind-chatting with Naomi at the same time. 
Naomi goes from saying, and this is interesting to me, she goes from saying that the demons will use the tablet against heaven at first, but then she goes to saying what it will do for us for heaven. And I was almost like she was like saying not necessarily for heaven, but for us meaning for her. I kind of got that too. Like she maybe wasn't really Cause, yeah. Because like like when they when they were when they were maybe close to it, she was like, think about what they could do against us. But as soon as it was, we're gonna have it in our grasp. It was what it'll do for us. So is she an angel or is she a demon? I think she's an angel, but I think she's got a, a serious like factional interest in part of heaven. It seems to be very politicky up there. As much as we weren't yeah. going to talk politics, there seems to be a whole lot of heaven politics up there. I know. <laughs> I was thinking of that when you said that at the top of the episode. I was like, well, yeah. just a different kind. Not exactly politics, but the, you know, heaven politics. Office politics in heaven. In that 80s office that she was in. <laughs> Felt like '80s office to me. Felt like felt like you get to see that office in LA Law and think, oh, that's, that's somebody's office. Yeah, it was like a very specific type of interior design that you don't really see much anymore. Yeah. Yep. Naomi wants Cass to kill Dean, but now Cass is all like, no. He still punches him a lot, though. <laughs> Dean, I love these event asides. <laughs> How did you know that event wrote that part? It could have been me. <laughs> could have been me. No. Wasn't. Dean tells Cass we're family, and Cass is like, "I love you, bro," with his eyes. <laughs> and actually, um, in this scene, I think the place where he says we're family. Um, Dean was in the script supposed to say I love you and, yes and Jensen argued against it and said this is not this is not the line where, where Dean would say I love you so I think yes. they cut it short at, that cut it short <laughs> at we're family what do y'all think should he have said I love you or what I think Jensen's instinct was accurate on that yeah I, I think saying we're family actually meant more coming from Dean. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely more professional. <laughs> definitely more professional. <laughs> they do have a working relationship, they it's do, true. <laughs> so once, this is, I was very young, and I had to, I was like really, really sick, and I had to call out to work, and um, so I called in, and I told my boss that I couldn't come in because I wasn't feeling well, and she's like, oh, no worries, I hope you feel better, and I was like, Thanks. Love you. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And I immediately was like, oh, we never spoke of it. Now he tells Cass (laughs) that he has to choose, and Cass chooses Dean, Bobby. (laughs) Meanwhile, up in the warehouse, Crowley shows up. Sam runs away to find Dean, and Meg is left to deal with Crowley. Cass tells Dean he has to protect the tablet from Naomi, but also from him. So he heals Dean and teleports away. As the boys get into the car, Crowley kills Meg, and the boys drive off. Aww. Will Meg be back? And R.I.P. Meg. She looks pretty 
convincingly dead this time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I assume she's dead. I mean, I guess she might not be, but I think she is. Okay. And hey, Crowley's language, man. I know he's a demon, but wow. But yeah. But wow. Yeah, I agree. Oh my god. Could I you already just stop using that word. What he said. I can't remember. I like to say that she was poor. Oh. Repeatedly. Oh. Yeah, just something you don't need to say anymore. That that word. As like an you. insult. Me? Yeah. I don't know if it bothers me. It bothers everybody, I think. But. Does it? You see that that word? Unfortunately, is not one that really resonates. Doesn't doesn't make doesn't make, you, make feel, you go. Ugh. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Probably because I was called it so. Like, okay, yeah. Or maybe you just really love the movie Mean Girls. You know, apparently you're desensitized by something, whether it was Mean Girls or something else. No, I've never seen Mean Girls. You know, it doesn't bother me, or it it bothers me a lot more now than it did around the time this episode came out. Like, there's just been such a change in the conversation. And yeah. I'm so more, so much more sensitive to so many things than I than I was ten years ago. Huh. So I go back yeah. and I watch that episode and I just cringe. I'm like, oh, you couldn't like use any other watch. word. And it's kind of, I mean, the, the other thing is that it's really like I don't unless unless he has some other context with Meg, it really seems like it's just an insult and not specifically related to anything. Right. Like I think it, right, like there's no reason to call her that other yeah. than that that's something that you insult a woman with. Yeah, it's mean yeah. to say it about a woman, but beyond that, it didn't seem like there was. Yeah. Meh, doesn't really. Okay. Me, but that's, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. There, there are other things. I mean, I don't even want to talk about certain things. There you go. All right. Well, there's a little bit left of the episode. Woohoo! Crowley and Naomi face off in the crypt. That whole uh, conversation about Mesopotamia, which apparently they went to sometime before 1920, but after after he was a uh, Highlander or whatever. <laughs> yeah, which means that <laughs> Somewhere in they, they were apparently, like, speaking, hanging out, existing. Yeah. Not the same like, there's but so I- many... Yeah. Possible interpretations there. I, thought, <laughs> I know. I, I got yeah. stand out of the whole thing. Yeah, he was a lover, not a fighter. So does that mean that they were lovers? Yeah, it's just odd. I mean, he's really not the relationship type of guy, you know. Oh, maybe that's been drummed out of him after all the years, you know. Bam, 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 maybe she, bam. Uh, maybe she drove it out of him with uh, with breaking up. Breaking up is hard to do, man. No, it's not. <laughs> Depends on the Mesopotamia. Reason. Isn't that just Iraq? Like, isn't that uh, pretty much. Mesopotamia? Yeah. Okay. Yes, anyway, I guess you much. could. That has less of an appeal to say, like less old timey <laughs> sounding or something. Yeah, Mesopotamia they're not sounds... great with like history and geography <laughs> well, of other yeah, cultures. I mean, like we said. The go- <laughs> Cacao. It, it was <laughs> cacao. Oh, the worst thing ever. The worst. All they would have had to do was Google that, and they could have got it right. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Like, like we said, it was probably that the writers were like, "This sounds badass." That they were, they knew each other way back in Mesopotamia, forgetting what uh, 
So, uh, Supernatural Wiki points out, Crowley says to Naomi, If you remember our time in Mesopotamia the way I do, you know I'm a lover, not a fighter. That line would imply that they spent time together in ancient Mesopotamia, but in Weekend Nababi, it's based on information from a demon, Rufus discovers Crowley to be 17th century Scottish tailor named Fer Fergus MacLeod from Canis Bay. And it was supposedly the ghost of his son who leads Bobby and the Winchesters to locate his burial site and bones in Scotland. However, that area of the Middle East was known as Mesopotamia by the West up until, 19, up until the 1920 Iraq Revolt, at which point it became known as the Kingdom of Iraq. So we're going to go with sometime between the 1600s and 1920, Naomi and Crowley... Hooked, hooked it up in a modern-day Iraq somewhere. Okay, great, romantic. So there you go. Um, Cass, meanwhile, is taking the Greyhound or the Blue Shift line for some reason. Yeah, um, that drove me insane. So, well, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, why aren't you like? Feather floofing out of here. I mean, I, but, because Buffy, because there has to be the dramatic scene of like leaving town after a traumatic event. So <laughs> on the Greyhound, I, I, on the bus. So I had, I had, I had two things. I mean, first, first, apparently, when he flits everywhere, angel style, he's detectable. That's got to be the only reason there. Yeah. Yeah. If he goes okay. on a goes travels slow, slow, slow speed by human means, then he's not instantly detectable and he's probably wearing some wards and things like that that we don't necessarily see depicted in the brief shot that we see but the other thing i guess then just where the hell is he going yeah like where are you going on the bus like i would take a plane or something i don't know yeah the the other thing that i had to say about it though is that i got it wrong in the episode because i noted that it was not a greyhound that was the blue shift line but a point of astro astrophysics that i had incorrect Redshift is objects moving away from you the blue shift is actually objects moving toward you. So it's kind of an irony. The bus was moving away from camera, but the blue shift is technically an object moving toward you in astrophysics. Or perhaps they didn't do their Google search on that. Maybe they didn't do well, that he's, Google search. He's going toward something. We just don't know what that mm. is. But it has to be the observer, because it's all about the observer. He's moving toward the observer on a blue shift. So then there's some other entity who is watching. Or, or the people who developed the blue shift line are like, people are coming home to you on the blue shift line. True. Because the people who market buses think astrophysically. No, they do not. Or I've had a lot of rum. <laughs> or I've had a lot of rum. <laughs> uh, that's the episode that is the episode um, I, I had a couple of questions uh, go ahead that are based on the episode can the angel tablet do all the things that Naomi feared she was like you know they could use it against us and, and it did change I did note that it changed to where she was saying it could be all the things they could do against us to what it could do for us but if it could do all the things that she said, if they could use it against them to, to affect the, 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 the uh, realm of heaven, why did Lucifer have it in a box and not use it to do things against the realm of heaven? Oh, that's an no, that's excellent a question. question. That's a very good question. I definitely was wondering what in the world it could possibly do, but I never thought about like why Lucifer didn't use it to do whatever it is. Yeah. 
It's a good question. So that's, that's mm-hmm. what I was wondering, you know. But but I mean, it could be that it could be that whatever it can do wouldn't do anything good for Lucifer. Like I said, you know, she changed her she changed her tune midway and said, you know, did, stop saying what they could do against us and say what it could do for me or for us. Well, in order to activate anything, Lucifer needs someone who can read the tablet, right? In theory, but he is a, he is an angel. Uh, well, maybe Lucifer didn't use it because he is an angel. But, maybe it could destroy all the angels, and course, thereby taking him with them. And the text. like how cats like can't touch it, right? It's warded against angels. Yeah, and then and then also it's uh, it's not necessarily instantly readable by angels because obviously the demon tablet isn't isn't instantly readable by Castiel either. It's in the prophet language apparently, and not. <laughs> The prophet language was <laughs> absolutely. We have our own yep. prophet. She lives upstairs. She poops in a box. <laughs> so that that was my that was my my uh, my question about it. But uh, in 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 other terms, we usually go for who wins and who loses this episode. It could be Sam. It could be Dean. It could be someone else entirely. Which doesn't necessarily mean anything good for the spreadsheet, but so who is it? Is it Sam? Is it mm. Dean? Is it somebody else? Who wins? I say neither. Do 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 do. Okay. Yeah. Meg. Meg wins. <laughs> Meg wins by dying. <laughs> well. By some other stuff that I'll go into in a minute, right. but Meg, and if not Meg, then Sam for having that unicorn conversation with her. Mm. I was gonna go with Dean because he got killed like over a hundred times, <laughs> and, he's, and he's still ticking. <laughs> I don't know if that counts toward the the like death count. I asked about it. Those were all facsimile yeah. Deans. I think it counts. I, think it counts. I asked during the Nubentary, and of course we can't check that document ourselves to find out. So, well, we also have to assume that whatever the count is, Dean is already far ahead because of Mr. Spot. Spot, yes. Burritos taste funny to you. Hmm? Burritos taste funny to you. You know what? That cat is loud. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go with neither personally. I don't see the boys necessarily profiting or, or suffering <laughs> from this particular episode. Either one of them necessarily. They're they're either I... knowing that it's a tie either way. They're either equally benefiting or equally not benefiting. I guess I would say that Cass kind of wins because he got away from Naomi. That is a big plus. That is true. And yeah. he got to take a nice ride on a bus. So neither. Yeah, if he was luckier Which... than me, his bus toilet was a broken. Oh, I oh know. no, that's the worst, and it's like almost all the time. And it always <laughs> and the, the, the smell just kind of you know, invades the rest of the bus. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to take a um, a bus from one end of Mexico to the next. So I was basically traveling from like the Texas Mexico border down to the Belizean Mexican border, mm-hmm. and. I was really nervous about it. And my mom was like, oh, it's no big deal. Just make sure you pay for first class. So I was like, okay, whatever. And first class was like literally five, like American dollars more than not first class. So I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to take first class. But 
my brother was like, no, I think that sounds like nonsense. I'm not going to pay for first class. Like, I'm okay. Not elitist. I'm not an elitist person like you. I'm going to sit exactly. with the rest of everybody else. <laughs> so I went, I took the first class bus. My brother did not. My brother literally rode with like chickens on like a completely on air conditioned bus that had no like bathrooms. So the like first the, class bus like the, is wow. swanky as hell. <laughs> like it's so nice. If there was like little TVs where you could watch movies, I watched um, Transformers in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> there was like two bathrooms that were both spotlessly clean. They both worked fine. It was to- it was air conditioned to the point where it was like freezing cold in there. It was nice. It was like riding like an Amtrak or something. Like it was like a really nice experience. And my brother was like miserable the whole time. My brother was so, on the cliche Mexican bus. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's my word of advice. If you ever have to take a bus in Mexico, pay extra for first class. It's definitely worth it. And well, he like learned that lesson, huh? <laughs> and he did. And the whole time he was like, I don't care. It's fine. I don't have to be all like bougie. And I was like, whatever. I'm bougie. Like I'm riding this nice bus worth it all right oh what the hell do we do next so what does the winning and losing come out to be it's a tie okay yeah because we had uh one two three four neithers and a dean so a neither is a tie well we get to quote next i didn't write anything down I, uh, during the during the summary I was like there was something that was quote worthy that I suddenly remembered but I didn't have any written down I know what quote Paul will want well like I said I will put it in the Skype chat ooh, for you ooh, I get to I get a second <laughs> chance at the, the quote that I wanted <laughs> I have because a bunch I- of quotes and uh they they all sort of highlight one of my favorite parts about this episode is which is that uh, the dialogue, especially Meg's dialogue, seems extremely Buffy esque to me. It's it's very oh yeah quick witted and uh, pop culture referency. Will you want to start, Annie? No, no, I'll let somebody who doesn't have a bunch of quotes start. Well, I just gave one to Paul. Yeah, Do you I, see it? Yeah. I- I did see it, and now I've got to find it again because it popped up and then it disappeared, but I know there's a way to find it here. Oh, yeah, the little quote thing. All right. Um, Yeah, I I did enjoy that. It wasn't the one I was thinking of, but I can't remember what the one I was thinking of, so I'll go with it anyway. Castiel, in the other room, as he's uh, getting ready to interrogate the map lady and the boys are talking about their reservations about him, you know, I can hear you both. I am a celestial being. (laughs) Which they then go on some other time to have another conversation about him that I'm like, did he hear that too? <laughs> um, I have an exchange that I feel like Annie might be one of yours. I, um, doesn't matter. <laughs> based on what you just said. <laughs> it's between Meg and Cass. She says, you ever miss the apocalypse? And he said, no, why would I miss the end of times? Meg says, I miss the simplicity. (laughs) I was bad. You were good. Life was easier. Now it's all so messy. (laughs) No, I didn't actually have that one, but that's exactly... I loved that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll go with... um... 
Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always good. Followed by he really puts the ass in Cass, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll I'll throw out one for the Destiel Peanut Gallery. Uh, Dean says, this isn't you, Cass. I know you're in there. I know you can hear me. Cass, it's me. We're family. We need you. I need you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, would have been Cass. It's me. I love you. (laughs) I need you. I need you. Change it. Yeah. This is a big one for Dusty Ellers, and I totally get why. There's a lot of very angsty intensity between the two of them in that, that one scene. Oh, for sure. They want it. Probably like the base of a lot of fan vids. <laughs> oh, so many fan vids. <laughs> so many fan fics. Yeah, I definitely loved all of uh, all of the Megan Cass flirting and there was there were bits of uh, there were bits and pieces of it that I keep thinking about, and then like they they flit flit away from my memory before I can remember them. Not necessarily quotable, but I liked it. Yeah, there there's a lot of. Uh, they even got their own ship name canonically in this episode. Yes. Uh, On so screen funny. ship name. <laughs> uh, well, if we're that done, it. If we are done with quotes. Then we do have one piece of feedback from Nutty. Yay! It's brief, but she says, This is the one where we find out Cass is a two-faced jerk. Oh, I don't know if that's fair, but... Um, Love Meg, by this point in the season, I adore her. She's so much fun, so the ending of this makes me sad. Yeah, I agree. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, it it feels... Yeah, I was sad. It feels like, you know, she, she... you know, pop back up this season, and or maybe it was a la- it was last season because it was part of the dick thing. But, uh, but yeah, she popped back up a couple of times, but really didn't have a whole lot of substance back in the uh, series as a whole. And this episode really made me want her back a little bit more. Yeah, she was so good this episode. And I was like, damn, Meg. Meg, no longer. No. No. Okay. Uh, so this would be the part where we rate things. Cool. Um, I will go first. Yes. All right. Um, I actually, I loved this. I thought it was really good. Um, I really liked Meg. I like anything that has cute little architectural models in it. Um, it was really good. I liked it, man. I liked seeing um, all those dead deans. It was fun. <laughs> so I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 voluptuous Asian lovelies. Wow. wow. That's a high score from you. Yeah. It is high. It's one of my highest this season, but not the highest. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It had a lot of good a lot of good content that, uh, that uh, was part of a story part of a larger story arc um i have been enjoying quite a bit a lot of the monster of the week content of this uh, season but this was 
a lot of good content at the right time in terms of the uh, the larger story arc, and I hope that it pays off in the coming five episodes or so. But uh, I'm definitely going to give it a uh, 8.5 out of 10 Doc Holiday references. Wow. See, mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, they did, you know, it, it was good to get back to the arc. It was good to get back to... Um, they're trying to, to settle out the season, but I thought they really, you know, we, we talked about some of the things that they missed and things that weren't real concise or well thought out. So I thought they kind of did a half-assed job. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not as, as, as happy with the episode as, as some folks. So I'm going to uh, give it a 7 out of 10 curler dues. <laughs> I will give it um I for the reasons that you guys are kind of saying um I'm glad that we're back to some actual mythology um around what the hell is going on this season why do we care about things that are happening this season what's the overarching story oh right tablets so um like, thank God we're here. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're, like, at a meaty part of show mythology. Um, and, yeah, lots of, like, heavy, heavy stuff. There's lots of delicious drama, like, cast drama in this episode. Um, I will give it eight and a half out of ten Mesopotamian dalliances. Right. Annie. Um, I I absolutely love this episode for a bunch of different reasons. Um, I, I love it because it's finally back into the plot. Like after Aztecs and dog people and all this weird, you know, stuff that's been it's felt so, you know, fillery and pointless this whole time. I love finally finding out what's going on with with Cass and Naomi and the way he's being sort of brainwashed and controlled. But to be honest, I really love it for the last like 10 or 15 minutes. I I love the um, the angsty confrontation between uh, Dean and Cass. I love the beatdown and Cass like sort of overcoming his programming to not kill somebody that he actually cares about. But mostly I love it for Meg. Um, I love it because I am a sucker for a redemption arc. And most of Meg's has, you know, sort of taken place off screen, but she started out in season one as uh, someone who possessed Sam and tried to kill their dad and did kill a lot of his friends. And, uh, um, in this episode, she she talked about finding a unicorn, and she she had this beautiful conversation with Sam, where uh, you know they they talked about finding the one person who can make you want to change, and he was the only one that uh, that ever knew that about her, and she she chose in the end to willingly you know give her life to to delay so that uh, the Winchesters and her unicorn could escape and I'm just a huge sucker for that and I love Meg because of that and to me this episode is all about like the last 
it's it's all about Meg and the last few minutes. So I'm gonna give it uh, nine and a half out of ten. Ruby uh, Rudy Hobbits. Mm, very <laughs> nice. That gives this one an eight point five, which I think is a good it's a good score. That's good. Yeah, that is. I did have one last thing that I that I thought about just as we were talking about all of our ratings that I wanted to bring up before we signed off here, which is um, Dean or Dean Cass seemed to find his free will uh, before yes. you know he, he found it before the 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 uh, final parts of the episode, but he seemed to find it himself before grabbing the tablet and then when he grabbed the tablet there was the you know glowy light and all the light out of his eyes and every part of him uh which seemed to do something as well but i'm not you know he seemed to find that himself before he grabbed it which i think is an important point so what did the tablet do i mean was it just because it was meant to be that an angel possess it or was it doing something else to him beyond because i mean like i said like it may have you know, done the final job of breaking the bond to Naomi, but he seemed to have worked that out on his own beforehand, which I think the writers are choosing as an important point to 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 distinguish that you know it wasn't just a supernatural you know title of the show, yeah, but it wasn't just a just a supernatural means that he broke his link with Naomi, but that he chose to first. I, I can't say anything no, about that without giving things away. I know, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think it sort of I, functioned as a mute button. Yeah. If that yeah, like, like, helps at all without giving too much away. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, because he, I mean, he, he, he had chosen his path, like I said, before he grabbed it, but, that, but now he doesn't have to listen to her talking to him the whole time, or she doesn't know exactly what he's doing or where he is anymore. So I will tell you what my friend Megan used to tell me as I would frantically be texting her as I watched. <laughs> That's a good observation. Yeah, and I'm here to have <laughs> I'm here to make some good observations and not get answers out of the experts. I understand that. <sighs> yeah. What is a good observation? So what is our homework for next time? Next time is a standalone episode. Season 8, episode 18, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Oh, that'll be fun. So we're back to high school. Freaks and Geeks. Maybe even a flashback to to Dean and Sam in another high school like they've done in the past. Well, those are fun. Maybe. Or maybe something else entirely. Maybe it's got to do with circus geeks, for all I know. Ooh, circus geeks. Circus geeks. (laughs) Maybe the Enigma will show up in this in this series as well. Enigma. <laughs> he showed up in X Files. All right. Um, well, hey, you know, it's been a great time, but I think it's probably time to to say good night for everybody and uh, and wrap up this podcast with a nice happy hunting. Yeah, happy hunting. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you. See y'all later. You've been listening to Idgitcast from QuadrupleZ.com. Join the discussion at Facebook.com slash We would love to hear from you. You can email us or send in an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to help protect our newbies from spoilers. Our email address is Idgitcastpodcast at gmail.com. The opening theme for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. You can find the band at BorrowedTrouble.com. 
The lyrics and vocals are by Idricast founder Allie Jones, who you can learn all about by visiting imthewonderband.com. The closing music you are listening to even as I speak is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan, and is used by his generous permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as archives of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You may wish to know more about the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, a completed introcast about the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. And now, Yvette will tell you all about select movies from the Lifetime Network. Find out before you watch what movies have all the best people, who are the worst, who is killing who, and most of all, what, if anything, makes sense. Yvette presents this trove of information at moviesofalifetime.com. Annie works as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host your own event, visit can'tstoptheserenity.com. Bianca doesn't currently have projects available for you to find online, but all of us at Idgicast encourage you to have a visit to your local public library. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, a completed introcast for the television series Slings and Arrows. Slings and Arrows is on the Encore Plus YouTube channel, and you can hear our thoughts on the series on the Ghostlight Podcast at quadruplez.com. And hey, Fox, can you take Moose out? He's asking to go potty. Oh, he's so asking. You're right. Aww. He's got a goal. He's not just over here getting he's, nose rubs. He's saying, no, take me outside says, before I pee I on your rug. I'm going to pee all on your rug if you don't take me out soon. Right. Aww. So Good boy for asking. <laughs> well, it's, 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 he's doesn't have the usual go scratch at the door that uh, off, many dogs often have. No, he, he just comes over and loves you and then pees on the rug, so... Yeah. I don't know. It's something we've discovered more recently. Hustle Fox. Yes, it's time. He's going to pee on the rug, and you get to clean it up if you don't hustle. Yeah, I'm tired. tired. My leg hurts. What? How many hours did you work today? He did batting practice for like 20 minutes, man. What? I worked 12 hours today. I went to a meeting, but it was my day off otherwise. Yeah. Oh, and I went and walked up the hill to get the piece of crap car. Oh, sweet. I made six airplane seats. I shouldn't tell, call it a piece of crap car. It's the only, well, it's the only car I get. It works. So. Go on, Moose. Go outside, go potty. He's like, oh, yeah. And I should really, like, just plain old not use it Put for the summer. On. Put your nose on, Moose. Walk to work. We're going to ride. All right. Okay. We can get back. I think Fox is heading out now, so. Yep. Thank you, Fox. What? Thank you. What? You're not funny, Fox. What? <laughs> <laughs>